Hello everyone, welcome back to the Villa Talks podcast, uh, back again with Jerksy and Chadzi. We are going to be talking about the loss against Man City, 2-1, uh, another loss, uh, bad bad run of form now, it's gone on for a quite a while. I'm feeling quite negative about it all, I've just said it to Chadzi, but hopefully he's got some positive words for me to, to perk us up, because I, th- I think the fan base needs it. Um, a bit of a weird game fast start by Villa and then um, it was the same old story and then Man City sh- showed their quality a couple of sendings off plenty to talk about uh, but let, let's go as always to Chadzi first Chadzi just give me your, your general th- thoughts and your, your mood after the match um, yeah it was, it was they were a golf apart really weren't they and City were brilliant on the night and despite our early goal it was men against boys if we're honest and um you know, it does show how far we've got to go in terms of even challenging for that top six, top four, and um, one day maybe being considered to be part of um, the next Super League, whatever. I'm sure we'll get on to that. But yeah, we're a million miles away from City, so to lose 2-1 to them, you know, I'm over it. It's I know Jugsy's going to say that we need to expect more and last night wasn't good enough. And I, I, I agree, it wasn't good enough. There were some basics that weren't there and we made City look good. We stood off there and we couldn't complete simple passes and we weren't winning 50-50. There's plenty to be frustrated about, but um, I think that I, I don't judge Villa on 90 minutes against probably what's the best team in the world, best club team in the world. Um, so... Yeah, there's lots to debate, lots to discuss. And it's just a bit frustrating, really, because I thought that when when uh, City got, when Stones was sent off and the start, first 10, 15 minutes of that second half, obviously the introduction of Davis and Matty Cash was finding a lot of space and starting to put some decent balls into the box. And I really thought we had a, had a glimmer of hope to get back in the game. And it's just a moment of stupidity from Cash that it was game over as soon as he got sent off. And we might come on to that, I'm sure, but... Just, just ridiculous. And Dino said after the game that he gave him a bollock in, and rightly so, because that's just unprofessional to be on a yellow card um, when we've already got the man advantage, and to do, to do something so stupid in um, in in this sort of attacking half of the pitch when there was no real danger or no city could have broken from there. But um, yeah, it, it's a bad run of form, no doubt. The squad looks very light. Um, we're struggling to to create chances, and we have done for a while now. But, um, you know, there's a bit of a malaise, I think, amongst the fans, not just Villa fans, but football fans in general. This season feels finished now. Um, it's not the same without fans. And we need to get back to Villa Park and get some positivity back um, as soon as possible. Yeah. It, I mean, it is a bad run of form. If you look at the, you look at any sort of period, you look at, you know, um, it's a, it's a bad run of form. You look at the beginning of the year since Grealish has been out. You look at the last fourteen games. I think we picked out forty. We picked fifteen points up in the last fourteen games. Um, you know, it's it's just you know it's probably similar to where we were last season. Probably slightly better than last season. Probably slightly ahead of the top bottom three. If you look out without Grealish and look at the last you know however many games, um, it is a bad run of form and it is worrying. It is concerning. Um, and, and it seems to be continuing, and there's no there's no real signs of any any sort of turnaround in performances or anything like that. It looked like we started really well in that last first sort of few minutes. You know, we came out of the blocks really quickly, and and obviously scored the goal. 
Um, and it looked like Villa were really up for it, uh, didn't they, Jugs? But then, you know, we, we sort of got back into the what we expected the pattern of the game to go into. And I mean, I suppose Man City do that too, not just Villa, but they do it to the very best teams in Champions Leagues and things like that, don't they? So, do, I mean, do you, th- do you think Villa could have done better? And especially, do you think the midfield could have done better in that, in that first half, especially? Yeah, I thought I went into the game quite optimistic because I thought it was a good time to play City without De Bruyne. Um, they've got a cup final, obviously, on Sunday, and they've had a lot of games over the last few weeks. So, I thought fitness levels would be important for us. And I just thought we were a yard short. So as Chazzy mentioned, we weren't winning any 50-50s. Uh, Man City are great at manipulating the ball and the way they're playing midfield is, is exceptional, really. But we really struggled to get a foothold onto the game, really. And, you know, I mean, complete two or three passes. And I just thought in midfield we were lacking. There was no bite there. No one really wanted to put a foot in. And I thought we're just too nice to play against sometimes. And I know Cash... Uh, was sort of reckless in, in his two yellows, but at least, he, you know what I mean, he, he tried to give it back to them and, and try and interrupt their play, at least. But the midfield, I thought, was yet again our, our, weak, our weak link. And it has been over the last four months, and that's been the reason of our sort of poor form. And I know City are, you know I mean, going to be champions and they're an exceptional team, but they've, do you know what I mean, they've made a few changes to their team. And I just thought, in that second half, we didn't even lay a glove on them and we didn't really create an opening, which is really disappointing. When you've got Keenan Davis on the pitch, I thought, you know, we might play a bit direct and it wasn't working with Watkins and Davis in that second half up front. And I'm, I'm glad Dean, Dino was adventurous and kept three at the back and, and four in midfield and we still went for it. But it just, yeah, it just didn't work in that second half. I'm not sure whether... Ollie should have gone on to the left and we should have changed, changed shape for the last 25 minutes because it was obviously not working. And I know Ollie tried, tried to d- drift out. But again, it was just a lack of ideas and a lack of, um, I think, Dean D- Dino's um, changes didn't impact the game in, in a positive way. And, and that's been the case over the last yeah, three or four months again. I think we've really struggled in-game changes, in-game tactics, um, especially after that bright start. I was quite quite positive thinking we can get something out of this game and the game sort of just dwindled out really and City didn't really get out of first or second gear and as Chaz has mentioned this season I think I think football fans um, especially with obviously the uh, Europe uh, Europe's Super League and what's been going on with that I think it's just had enough really they just want to get back into stadiums and I'll love it if this season just ended now I just feel like we're going to have a real tough period uh, between now and the end of the season obviously Jack will probably be back for the last couple of games if if best really and I can't see us turning it around and I said to, to you guys I was optimistic about the game yesterday but I'm not optimistic going forward in the next next couple of months I just can't see us stringing some results together because there's no plan A there's no plan B there's no sort of ideology of the team without Jack really and and um, I, I want to talk about the bigger picture, but I thought obviously just want to cover off the game and key key sort of points of it first, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can really blame Smith for that for that game yesterday. I mean, I know we've both been critical about him uh, in game changes and tactics and stuff like that, but he made the right changes for me. He was a positive. He was adventurous. He mentioned in the post match conference that you know we played far too in front of Man City, and he and he brought Davis and Watkins on for us to basically be a bit more direct and that's what he wanted from us and we didn't do it. So, you know, he's, he's put that instructions out there. He, he's made the changes to play that way and the players haven't done it. I think ultimately it's on, it's on the players and, you know, you can't legislate for cash being reckless and, and stupid because, I mean, it, it did look like for the first half for 25 minutes, it looked like Man City were going to win by five or six the way they were playing. 
Uh, and then he did, obviously, with John Stones getting sent off, um, which which I thought was fully deserved, by the way. Dino didn't think, Dino thought it was a yellow card. But, you know, it looked like we were in the ascendancy slightly. And as Chadzi said, you know, I thought for the first 10 minutes, we looked, you know, we, we were pressing high, we were winning the ball high up the pitch, and we looked like we were pressurising them. It looked like we could... We could do really well in that second half. And then, you know, you, what can you do with Cash getting sent off? It did even up the match a little bit. It wasn't like the first half, 11 v 11. Uh, but I do think maybe City did take their, their foot off the gas a little bit. But, you know, he, he's, Dean's tried to be adventurous. He's made the right changes. He's put the right personnel on there. You know, some people are criticising putting Barkley on him. But, you know, again, that's him trying to be adventurous, I think. And and it's on Barkley. It's on the players. If, if he's putting the changes and he's putting the personnel there to make a difference and and try and be positive and they don't do it, then I don't, I don't know what else Dino can do. He's got, he's using the players at his disposal. And yeah. I think to, they're not, they're not think doing the job. Last night was just another more evidence again of how, how light our squad is really, wasn't it? You looked at the bench, you looked at the options you had to bring on and I, you look around and exactly, I totally agree. Holmes. It, there's not much more he could have done with what he had at his disposal. And, um, I wouldn't say he was let down by the players because, like I said earlier, we played the best team in the probably the best club team in the world. So, and we lost two one, and it, it looked at times like it could have been four or five. So they've shown a bit of character. They've defended defended quite resiliently. Martinez has owned his box quite well. Obviously, apart from the Rodri goal, there's a slight error there, but you know they they didn't throw the towel in. They did. They weren't on it in terms of fifty fifties, and we did look a bit leggy, but we we kept ourselves in the game as much as we possibly could, but. There was just a golfing class. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and I, I think where we can be critical with uh, Jadzi, with with Villa, Dino, and the recruitment team is we we don't really have the ability to keep the ball well. I think that's a that's a that's a big concern of mine. Is and we saw it, and, and you know, City are great at pressurising you and taking the ball back off you. I get I get that, but even against other teams, we don't keep the ball well. We've got players there like McGinn, Nakamba, and some of the players that we've signed. That don't doesn't make sense to me. We don't have good footballers, and and it's a concern to me that we need to sort that recruitment side. It's not just all Dean. Obviously, there's a there's a whole recruitment team behind it. But you look at Nakamba, for example. Now he's good at certain things, but I still don't really understand why we bought him because, it, okay, he can't pass and all that kind of stuff. But at least you think, well, his physical attributes. You know, he that's what he brings to the table, and he's good at tackling. But he's not quick. He's not that strong. He's just good at tackling. So what are we? What are, what kind of players are we looking yeah. to buy here? I don't understand. Like Morgan Sanson's the same. You know, he's similar to McGinn. Yeah. He's he's not strong. He's he's pretty quick, but he's not strong. He's not imposing midfielder, and he's not amazing attacking. He's not amazing defending. He's a bit of an everything player. So I don't really understand where what we're trying to build here and what we're doing. Yeah, I, I feel. Term. I think I think you're spot on, Arms. And it's a point I made on the last podcast. We've not signed players to suit the league, and it's really bizarre because. We've got wingers who are not quick and we've got um, midfielders, centre midfielders, Dougie Louise and Sanson are similar type players, quite technical, a bit lightweight, um, will be sort of inconsistent, I think. I think tactically, they're both pretty good and quite astute. And we don't have no one in that midfield that is going to be a ball carrier or break the lines or, you know I mean, dribble, dribble in that central area. And... I think it gets exposed. We get exposed a lot, obviously, with that Jack because he's such a good player and he makes a tick for us. But yeah, I think there's certain question marks on recruitment and that's this season and last season. I mean, if if we're talking, if I, if I go on looking at the bigger picture, we've spent 230 million in the last two seasons. And do I think the owners are happy 
we're, we're basically a one-man team, if we're being honest, with, with, with how we, we've been without Jack, really. Um, do I think the owners are happy with that or having in, incremental sort of improvements that we've got a solid f- uh, defence? The reason why they've invested so heavily is because they're trying to fax, fast-track our progress. And I know we haven't had the foundation of being in the Premier League for a few years, but we're spending three or four times the likes of the other mid-table or lower mid-table teams. So you do expect our improvements to be better. And do I feel like after spending £230 million in the last two seasons that we're playing as poorly as we have done for the last four months? I think it's an unacceptable, really. Yeah, um, okay, for, but what about, what about the fact that we've gone from having the 19th worst defence to the third best defence in the league yeah. by spending money on Martinez, Cash, Target, Concer, Mings, Dougie Louise, Ollie Watkins has been outstanding. Yeah, we've signed some poor players and we I agree there's some players we've signed that aren't suited to the league but there's also been some brilliant recruitment and that brilliant recruitment has taken us from mid-table in the championship to being pissed off that we're 11th in the Premier League so you can't you can't get it all right and there are, have been some signings that haven't worked and they will definitely be areas for improvement in the squad for next summer but if if you're saying that Villa haven't got a good enough squad or we, we've got players that aren't suited to the league then Dean Smith needs needs knighting for having us 11th in the table and at times in this season 4th, 5th and 6th because we've, we have looked pretty good at times. I know we've been terrible for two or three months without Jack but you don't... Villa, Villa of now will realise they need to have a squad that can, that can replace Jack Grealish and play well enough without Jack Grealish but at the start of the season they wouldn't have they wouldn't have sort of banked on him being out for two or three months and like all the people that we're saying can't keep hold of the ball Dougie Louise McGinn players like that they could keep the ball earlier in the season when Jack was occupying players but we're now asking them to do too much we said last night Louise is a six he should sit in the back four and make simple passes but at the moment because we haven't got as much creativity in front because we've been let down by Barkley because Trezeguet is injured because we can't really trust Traore and Algarzi as much. McGinn and Louise are being asked to be McGinn, Louise and Jack Grealish all at the same time. And that's why they're giving the ball away. That's why they're shot on confidence. So there's lots that go into it. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I think the defence was another positive last last night. I think Mings and Conser, again, were the standout players. And look, yeah, we've got a good foundation. I think what my, my point is, is, I mean... From the owner's perspective, uh, and again, I think this just highlights what's been going on this week, is we're investing all this money, but there's obviously some improvements, but it's, it's going to be difficult for us to catch up that top six and top eight. And it's going to be, do you know what I mean, a three, four-year process. I understand that. But I'm expecting a bit more, I think. Um, and I think last season, we're being told to be content this season about our position just because we, we sort of survived uh, miraculously. But I think a lot of that was down to, again, being naive and Smith's stubbornness. Like, we didn't change our setup. We played with the same sort of um, adventurous style and it didn't work until our hand was forced when we had the lockdown sort of break. So I think that mirrors the season where we've we've gone through a sticky patch and Smith hasn't been able to impact it in, in a positive way. And I feel... Uh, and this is my personal opinion and things, and it's, it's how I feel. I, I, I want Villa to be the best they can be, and I can see that we're not playing great, and we should be better in terms of what we've invested. And the, we've got some decent enough players to, 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 do you know what I mean? Compete against every team in the league, really. 
Um, so, yeah, from my perspective, I, I just feel like um, we've not learned too much from last season, apart from obviously being more solid defensively, but that's taken away from creating chances. We don't really look like a team that's going to score a goal or more than one goal ever in the last four months. And it's a serious uh, area we, we, where we need to improve, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. But, you know, I think... I don't know. I, I see it both ways. I'll be honest, and I'm not. I'm not trying to sit on the fence. It's just that I can see both sides of the argument. But you got to remember that we we've had to build a whole squad, completely brand new squad. We've had to build basically from 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 eight players and nine players. So in terms of money, yes, we've spent a lot, but we've had to because we've had to buy so many players. And yes, there's been bad decisions, but as Chadzi says, you're going to get bad and you're going to get good. However, the four months, these last four months are concerning for me because it's, it's not like it's a short amount of time and it's not like it's just Jack because we were poor before Jack as well. We look poor with Jack. Uh, so it's been going on for four months now. So that is a, that's quite a long period. That's more than the period that we had when we were good, really, ultimately. So, you know, where are we in terms of our performance? Where are we in terms of our progression? It's really difficult to know because you can look at it in different ways. You can look at it in terms of at the end of the season and incremental progression. You know, if you look at it that way, I think the owners got, can't be dissatisfied because, you know, we've gone from, as Chazzy said, mid-table in the championship to mid-table in the Premier League. That's in two years. That's amazing. That's better than anyone hoped for. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we talked earlier at the beginning of the season. I said, I think we could finish top 10 and you both laughed at me. And that's broadly where we were at. The concern is where, where are we heading and where is the momentum? Because if these four months are a true reflection of where we're actually at, then that is a concern because we haven't really improved that much at all. And if that continues to next season, then I can see the owners making a decision quite quickly about Dino and the team. I think the yeah, summer is fair. massive for us. Yeah, that, and that's fair enough. And I think the hope and the positive slant on that is every time we've had time to review, learn from our mistakes and try and improve, we've done it. So Juggersy refers to... Lockdown last year, yeah, that was the turning point for us. We got lucky with that. It gave the coaching team an opportunity to go away and change how we play, become more solid, improve our defence and build from there. And we've built gradually since then and obviously did well to stay up and have been a lot more solid this season. Um, and now we're going to get, at the end of the season, six to eight weeks, a proper pre-season that we didn't, like we didn't have last summer because of COVID and this sort of ongoing, um, the late finish to last season. We're now going to have a full pre-season where they will clearly know the strengths and weaknesses of the squad and they will they know that they will need to address the creativity, how we're playing uh, and all of the things that we we know have been so frustrating over the last couple of months. So, like I said on the last pod, I've said a few times, this coaching team and this manager have proven that when there's something to improve, something to change and they get time to do it, that they're the right people for the job. So you've just got to trust in them that by the time we turn out mid-August, they will have had the time to time to address the issues. I think, uh, you know, I, th- I, th- I think, like I said, I think I can see both sides of the argument here. And I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to sit on the fence. I think, I think there's pros and cons. I think, it's, like I said, it's a big summer for us because we, de- we definitely need to improve in certain areas. And that's quite apparent. But that's always going to happen. If you're trying to progress as a team, you're going to have to improve in areas all the time. You're going to have to continue to progress. You can't stand still really in this league because everyone looks to improve. I think, I think if you look at it, you know, what, what's annoying for me is if you look at three games for me, Burnley, Sheffield United and Newcastle, there's eight points there that we should really have. 
from those games that we haven't got. And if we've got those eight points, we'd still be in with a massive shout of, of top six, maybe even top four. And that's the frustrating thing for me is, is, is the chances have been there. And we, we continue to be in games. You know, we haven't been battered by any team really, have we? If you look at last season, we were battered by Watford, we were battered by Man City, we were battered by Leicester. We were battered by so many teams last season. And, and even in games where we didn't lose by many, we were battered because we, we didn't play well. But I think every game this season, pretty much, apart from maybe the Leeds game at home, you know, we've been in every game. We don't concede many. I think that is a good foundation for us. But the key is the summer. We have to improve in the wide areas. We have to improve in midfield. You know, there, there needs to be a massive up, uh, overhaul in those areas and we need to buy the right players. And if we don't buy the right players, then I think we're going to have, we're going to really struggle next season. Um, but, you know, I think these are all the issues we've talked about all the time. And I think these next few games, as Jugzi and Chazzy, you both mentioned, you know, it is a bit like, oh, let's end the season now, um, especially what's happened with the Super League as well. I think fans are a bit dismayed by everything. And we'll, we'll touch on the Super League in a second. Um, let's just quickly go on to, a, a few, I just want to, I don't want to go through too many questions or comments because I think there's, you know, it could be here all day. And, and I think people have got so many questions and comments that, yeah, I think a lot of it we've discussed already, but let's just pick two or three comments and then let's go on to the Super League stuff. Uh, Digger of the Dig Dog says, uh, it's time that Cash actually got some criticism. Positioning is completely inept too often and stupid challenges when there is no need to at all. Let the whole team down tonight. I mean, Chazzy, I mean, Chazzy, what do you think of that? I mean, I, I Cash was stupid and he was wrong. He was reckless and he deserves criticism, but I think he's still been one of our best signings this season. And he's still 20, what, 22 years old, is he? Or 23 years old? So he's still a yeah, young lad, isn't he? Yeah, I think it's fair comment. Now. I think no one no one is devoid of criticism and he's let his whole team down tonight without a doubt. And he can be rash, we know that. And he's probably not the best of the four defenders positionally. So plenty for him to work on. But, you know, it seems like he's got the right attitude and work ethic. And I think working with Smith, Terry, Shakespeare, we've got the right coaching team to improve him so yeah I don't think you know he has I think he's been a great signing for us and really good value for money but when you sign a player from the championship you're not expecting to finish the article by any means so I think um, hopefully he'll be all right back for the next two to three years and um, we'll look back on that 16 million or whatever it was as a as an absolute snip yeah a um, couple of comments on Dean Smith Jugsy and get your thoughts on this as well uh, footy mad villain uh, 4189 says, could Dean Smith take us to the next level with all the rumoured ambitions of the owners? For me, it's a big summer for Smith, which is sort of what we said already. Um, and then Paul Williams says, four wins in 16, one in 10. When do we question this horrendous form and taking results out of it, out of the performances on night and day from the end of 2020? I'm very worried where this team is heading. If, it was, if you were the owner right now, would you give Smith the summer to build and continue to progress? Uh, or would you look to change it? And if you did give him the summer to progress, how long would you give him to 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 see where we're at next season before you made the decision or whether to keep or stay with it, stick with it, or look look at something else? Yeah, I think my frustration comes from the investment that I have in this team and the manager. Like I like Dean Smith, I like the players. I mean, they gave it one hundred percent for their shirt, and they're, they're a team to be proud of. But I just feel like. Um, we can be a bit sort of stubborn in, in, in terms of the changes that we make in terms of how we set up. I think sometimes his, his decision-making in terms of uh, f- set up, in terms of lineups and formations don't really work out. And obviously it's a bad trend at the minute in terms of our performances. And I can't see a way out at the minute without Jack. 
but I feel like he deserves a summer for sure. I think we should try and continue the same level of investment because it's needed to sort of keep improving because there's so much competition out there with the, the mid-table teams. I think uh, the teams around us will invest heavily again, the likes of Leeds, Arsenal, Southampton. I think then sorts of teams, West Ham, Everton, will again go quite heavy in, in the transfer market. So we need to uh, spend to compete with that. But yeah, I think Smith's got my full backing. It's not my criticism doesn't mean that I want him out or I don't feel like he can take us to that next level. I think he can take us to that next level because he's shown that the, the defence, especially uh, the, the improvements we've made on that side of things has been great. Um, I think from an attacking perspective where Smith is renowned for his attacking play and, and being able to get uh, teams to play a certain way. And that's one area that we've lacked over the last four months. So that is a big concern for me because that's what Smith's speciality or, or meant to be really. And I think uh, a worrying stat that I saw last night was that our win ratio is 23% without, without Jack Grealish. And that includes obviously the time of the championship as well. So it just shows our reliance. So I think what we need to do in the summer is really go out there and try and build a team where we're not reliant on one player and Jack can have that sort of freedom again and not have that burden of, of everything going through him. And I think we need to, again, as I mentioned, buy players to suit the league. We need a bit of pace. Uh, we need a bit of dynamism in the midfield. Um, and then we need a second second option up front. I think Watkins is, is doing too much for us. Um, again, he was great yesterday. He got a good assist and put a good all-round performance. But it, it, there's improvements for sure. I think the, the trend is worrying. And I think we'll judge it at the end of the season and, and, and hopefully have a quite a positive transfer window and I think we need to be a bit ruthless as well um, I think we need to clear out a bit of Deadwood I think Algarzi needs to go I think Nakamba can go Engels can go I'd even get rid of uh, Bertrand Torore uh, ASAP for me again I think he's just not not worthy really of, of being a starter in the team he might be a decent enough squad player but he's not going to be good enough you you hate him don't you Jokes you absolutely oh hate God. him Jokes I don't know what it is I just why do you? I, I I think he's all right I think he's a good squad player I think I think I mean I've been annoyed with him don't get me wrong these last few games but yeah, he's, he's, he's got goals and assists and he's played well in games. I think it's his first season. You've got to give him a bit, a bit more time than say yeah. he's he's a different type of player. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I know he's not he's not quick and he's not direct, but he's still got skills and he still has that ma- moment of magic. I think I think you've got to give know. him more time for me. Yeah, I think I'm being I'm probably anyway. being harsh. I just don't like I don't rate him and I don't like him, so I don't know why. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um all right, let's move on then. We've talked about Villa to death, as always. Um let's talk about the Super League for a quick five, ten minutes. Chadzi, I'm really, I've been, I've been waiting to hear your thoughts on this. I wanted to record a pod straight away after we, we saw the news come out, and it's obviously, it's, it's. Um, I don't think it's going to go away. I think, uh, yeah, the the clubs are pulled pulled out, but it's still there in the background, isn't it? But what, what are your, what are your thoughts on on the news when it came out? What was your reaction, and what are your thoughts now, given what's happened the last few days? Um, honestly, mate, I've I've been quite. I've really enjoyed the week. I think, like you said, it's something that's been bubbling under for such a long time and probably something that isn't going to go away. But as soon as this broke on Sunday night, I straight away had a positive feeling that it was going to be an opportunity for football to for change for good. I, you know, There's no way it was ever going to happen. I was pretty certain as soon as this announcement came out Sunday night that it was going to get shut down. Um, it wouldn't be legal in the first instance, but also there'd be such an um, uproar from the fans and the football community that they'd, they'd, they'd start backtracking. And I must admit, that happened a lot quicker and um, the uproar and, and the football community coming together was, 
a lot stronger and it, and everybody sort of mobilised a lot quicker than I expected them to. And obviously there's some key people in the media like Neville and some players like Rashford and, and, and other people like that were, were sort of, for me, really made themselves icons of the game because they, they used their platform to help help sort of shift the power back to the fans. And I think this sort of highlights really something that we've all known, but we just ignore that these six clubs or these six owners and, and the people in European football that, that have the power have far too much power and any minute now they can take the game away from us there is something that's always bubbling under and they are in it for their own self-interest as everyone knows so uh, yeah I'm actually quite excited that football the football community the governing bodies and even the government who've sort of I know there's always political reasons people would jump in and start piping up on these issues but even the government have suggested that they're going to get involved and help with longer term reforms for the game that can hopefully shift some power back to the fans. Um, you know, the German model of 51% fan ownership, that sort of thing has been discussed and we're a million miles away from that. But I, re- I really do hope that um, what what we've seen in terms of the reaction to it from the whole football community is a bit of a stake in the ground now for, for, for some longer term change. Uh, and that's what you've got hope for, really. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've personally been really entertained these last few days. It's been Twitter's been a bit more exciting than it normally is. Less arguing, fans coming together, uh, you know, from all clubs. I think it's been great, um, and 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 maybe a watershed moment in in uh, in footballing history, hopefully. Um, but you know that that threat is still there, and they've still got that power. You're right, Chad. So we're a long way away from where we need to be. But hopefully, this is. I hope, I'm hoping that it doesn't doesn't get forgotten about. And, you know, the way things happen, you know, important issues, we see it all the time. Uh, you know, we've seen it with racism. You know, it gets forgotten about all the time. People just sort of put it to the side and, and, and get on with life, which, which I suppose is to be expected. But, you know, you, you, want, you want to have this issue there always. And, and even the, the, the uh, proposed Champions League changes that are going to happen in 2024, you know, they're not too far away from, well, no, I mean, miles away from European Super League, but they're still not based on sporting merit. It's all about coefficients and things like that, where... If, for example, West Ham finished fourth, then potentially May United could go. Oh, sorry, Liverpool could uh, get a Champions League instead of them because they've had a really good few years, you know, rather than what they've done this this year. So things like that are still still there in the background that are happening and changes are being proposed. So there's plenty to be uh, worried about and plenty to get involved in and fans to be protesting about and make sure your voices are heard. Because ultimately, I think what we've seen is, is fans' power. And and maybe it wasn't fans' power. Maybe it was the things like Sky speaking out and all the pundits speaking out where they're worried about the negative publicity. But there, there is there is power in the, in the fans' ability. But, you know, who who knows what will happen now. But, Jacksie, I mean, what your what your th- thoughts on it all as well? Yeah, I think... Um from a business point of view, football is a business now. And I, I can see why the owners have sort of tried to propose something where their combined debt is like 7 billion. And I think how they thought that it would be received positive, positively by fans is beyond me. Shows you how detached they are with reality, really. And they don't know what it means to fans. And I think given the pandemic, given that the fans haven't been able to go to the games, I thought it was bad timing and bad taste. And yeah, I didn't think it was going to get off the ground, to be honest. I thought it was more of a scare tactic. And I think it's kind of worked with the reforms in the Champions League. So it's probably done some of the some of the work for them to protect their their positioning in that. But how can you have something without competition where it's not based on merit? It's just ridiculous. It's just it's not sport, it's not competition, it's just uh yeah, beyond what I thought would, would be possible, really. So um I'm glad 
um, there was, well, I'm glad it was called out really. And I'm glad these, these clubs have backtracked and some of the owners have now apologised uh, to their fans. And I think, yeah, it's, it's one that we should monitor as football fans. Um, and I think obviously, as Chazzy mentioned, the government are taking it a bit more seriously. Um, but yeah, I'm glad. Again, I think from a Villa point of view, um, I think Jack's, Jack made a nice post on Twitter and Instagram about it. And I thought Dean Smith's words in the, in the press and uh, Christian Perslow as well was was quite, um, yeah, um, quite strong about it as well. So I think from a, from a Villa perspective, it, it was good to see us taking a stance on that. And uh, yeah, I think that, that's good for the club going forward. Yeah, yeah. I, I did see some... Um, um, some fans talking about how amazing our owners are, how grateful for they are for our owners. And I even saw a post about a banner uh, that I think Project 6 or B6, or whatever they're called, are, are putting out, trying to raise funds for. But I mean, I, I don't know how you feel. Maybe I'm being cynical, Chadzi, but I feel like if you're a billionaire owner and you're in the same position, you're probably going to try and do the same thing because you don't, you don't get to be a billionaire without thinking about money and thinking about how to be profitable and, and how to make money more more than what is reasonable yeah i think um we'd like to think wouldn't we that we've got the perfect owners evangelical they're in it for the right reasons they're in it to to make our lives better and um improve the club and that's all they're in it for but you know i've been burnt too many times getting emotionally tied up with owners you know i was massive randy learner fan when he first came in and you know there's just no point that these people don't understand the club don't understand what it means to us they haven't been brought up villa fans they're not even haven't been brought up in our culture and and understand what football means to us so yeah they've been brilliant for the club i cannot knock them and i hope that continues but you know, I won't be paying for a banner any any time soon. I'd rather we put that to our money towards more worthy causes or supporting the players or Dean Smith or Jack Grealish or somebody that can affect things that on the pitch. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit bit a step too far putting them up on a pedestal because there's only one way down from there, really. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, well, we like you said, we've been burnt in the past, haven't we? Uh, with previous owners so I think you have to be careful uh, about putting one on a pedestal as you say um, obviously grateful and, and thankful for what they've done but you know, they're, they're, there's a reason why they bought this this club and I say it's like a it's a distressed asset in the day for them and they can see that they can get value out of it end of the day but yeah thanks for that boys uh, as always some excellent insight and some excellent comments on, on Villa it always seems like when we lose we tend to talk about the bigger picture stuff rather than the actual match um, but I think it's pretty obvious where we went wrong and uh, and what happened in the match. Um, hopefully we can get back to winning ways and, and offer a bit more insight about the actual match and tactics, etc. going forward. But it's a tough period for Villa. It's a tough peri- period for the fans. But, you know, we're still there, thereabouts. Uh, you know, potentially got a decent team there, a decent squad, uh, a backbone of a, of a decent team, but definitely some additions needed in the summer and, and a bit of work to be done uh, in terms of the squad themselves and hopefully Jack comes back in the next few weeks and, and we can finish the season off well um, that's the hope and I guess we will see but but thanks again for your time thank you for everyone for listening uh, to the show as always and your your excellent your comments and questions sorry I couldn't read all of them out uh, this time around um, I'll try and read some out in in our preview show which will be out Saturday morning 
uh, with the VBB guys uh, previewing the West Brom game. So watch out for that. But I'll, I'll try and use I'll try and use that time to to go through the comments because I'll be interested to hear their thoughts as well about sort of our general direction of travel. But but thanks again. Thanks for the guys for for their time, and uh, up the villa. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it.